Welcome to Clarified Butter, the podcast about meals, memories, and milk fats. Today, I'm speaking with my grandmother, Faye Payne Alexander. Welcome, Faye. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, well, so you were born in North Carolina in August of 1926. Right. Yes. Uh, and you grew up with uh, Grandmama Younger, Louise Younger, uh-huh. and your two older brothers in Burlington. Correct. So I know you mentioned before that Grandmama Younger worked in a, a school cafeteria. Right. And you went and worked with her sometimes. What was that like? No, I didn't work with her. When she first started working in a cafeteria, I had not started school. Mm-hmm. So I had to go and stay with her because she had nothing else to do with me. <laughs> but then she did that one year, and then the next year I started first grade. Okay. So I didn't go with her. But that's the only time she worked at that school. But she, in later life, worked at the school that was right across the street from our house mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And she just had to walk out her front door and walk across the street, and she was at work. <laughs> but um, you said, speak of things that you remind me of when you ask about her. Mm-hmm. She was an amazing woman. When my father died, I was two. My next older brother was five, and the oldest brother was seven. And she had had to stop school, either eighth or ninth grade. I never did learn exactly which one because they lived on a farm, and her father lost the farm. And it was near Charlotte, and he got a job in town, so they had to leave the farm and go into town. So she just started working. And uh, she worked for Bell Telephone. And um, my daddy, whom, whom she did not know at the time, worked for, for AT&T Telephone in Greensboro. And every night he had to check the lines because I guess Bell rented lines from AT&T. Mm-hmm. And she had to answer him uh-huh. to, to give him the information he needed. And then he had to come to Charlotte either, I don't know what it was supposed to be, permanently or for a trial of some kind or to check on somebody. Anyway, he came to Charlotte and they met. And they went out for a couple of nights. And then my mother went to spend the night with her sister for one night. And my daddy called and wanted her to go out, and she wasn't there. So he asked another lady who lived in his in the same house, her, her mother had a boarding house, <laughs> to go out. And um, my grandmother got mad about that because didn't, she didn't think he should be doing that. And she told my mother <laughs> she couldn't see him anymore. Uh-huh. So... I don't know what transpired between them, but whatever did, they just decided, well, we'll get married, which they did. <laughs> and they had known each other, for, I mean, face-to-face known each other for three or four days. Maybe. Oh, really? But they'd been talking on the phone for months, probably, I don't oh, know. wow. But um, I remember her saying they went to the, I don't know whether they went to a minister's house or the justice of the peace. I think it was a minister's house. And after the ceremony, she went back home, and he went back where he was staying up there. And then on the weekend, that first weekend they were married, they took a train to Burlington to meet his family. Oh, wow. So, Man. That's that's the story. They talked on the phone for a while. They talked on the phone. uh, Three days after they met, they got married. Something like that. I don't know how many days it was, but not more more than three or four. Oh, that's pretty neat. (laughs) She, She couldn't. 
uh, make many rules for me about, <laughs> about <laughs> who you could date after making a choice like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she didn't try to. Yeah. Did she um, Did she cook a lot since she, she did. had to have a full-time job as well? She did, but she still cooked a lot. Mm-hmm. And I admired her for that, too, because after we all left home, married and left home, she cooked herself a full meal every day. Oh, yeah. Which I just fixed something, you know, baked potato or something like that. But she cooked herself. As long as she lived alone, she did that every day, and I think that showed a lot of character. Mm-hmm. But what I was starting to say about her, she had no education. Right. And left with three children under seven years of age. And she got first one job and another, and some of them were pretty hard and and very low pay, which everybody got at that time. But she she really was an amazing woman to have done that during the time that it was going on. It was during the Depression, and she built that house we lived in on the insurance policy my daddy had left. And other than that, she kept things going for and And none of us were ever in jail or... (laughs) picked up by the police or anything so she did it i think she did she a pretty did a good, real job. good job i think she did a great job thank you well my, uh, my brothers are pretty nice <laughs> they were pretty nice um but do you think i'm just curious yeah she worked in the cafeteria and you mentioned she worked for bell telephone were those the sort do you think she enjoyed her jobs or is there something she would have liked to have done i really don't know amy um she seemed to enjoy, and she loved the children. Mm-hmm. Now, the first job, when before I started school, I don't remember anything about that. Mm-hmm. I just remember going with her every morning. But uh, when she came back over to Elmire School, where she was right across the street, she liked the teachers, she liked the people she was working with, and I think the responsibility of being the only, to being the manager of it, mm-hmm. overwhelmed her a little bit, but she got over that. Mm-hmm. And um, she still... Late, late, later on, long time later, she would meet people on the street, and they'd say, "Oh, there's Miss Younger," <laughs> and that that gave her a good feeling. I yeah. think she enjoyed it, but I don't, I don't think she had an ambition that she would like to have done something with her life. Yeah, I think she just knew she had to make a living, so mm-hmm. she did what she had to do. Yeah, did so when she managed the cafeteria. Did that? Did she cook a lot of food there, or was she managing just serving? She did. She she planned the meal. Well, they had a central office who ordered the bulk of the stuff. They ordered individual stuff, meat and whatnot, for themselves. But they and they also made out menus, mm-hmm. and so they, that's what they would know what the schools were going to need. And so they did that part of it. But she actually did cooking. Mm-hmm. And she had two ladies who worked for her, and I think all the cooking they did was just natural cooking. They didn't have fancy menus or anything, just basic cooking. Mm-hmm. And I guess it it didn't tax your uh, imagination much, mm-hmm. but... Um, she she enjoyed and she she enjoyed cooking and she was a good cook. Mm-hmm. She was a real good cook. Did you have a favorite thing that she would cook? Yes, uh, hot dogs. <laughs> she um, when they prepared something to serve, if it was not used, of course they threw it away. Mm-hmm. So she would bring home hot dogs that had been fixed at lunchtime, and I learned 
that they are better than the ones that are made fresh because they absorb all those flavors into the roll uh-huh. until you're getting ready to, and, and then heat them, and they're, they're better than they are when they're made fresh. <laughs> Just a few hours old hot dog is the best way to have a hot dog? Uh, that, that's what I... Yeah. That's that's conclusion I came to. When I, I never was. knew that. <laughs> um, but when you were growing up, I um, my mom told me that in the summers you would go to visit your cousins out in the country. And her, my mother's older sister lived in Char- out from out in country from Charlotte. They had a dairy farm, and all of her well, her she had six boys and a girl, and. Um, the youngest boy was about a year older than me, but all the rest of them were older, and the older ones had already married and left home. But that daughter, who was, I believe she was five years older than I was, really was more like a sister to me. And I, and also, I was very frail. And the initial reason that they wanted, said I was going down there was for them to fatten me up. <laughs> and um, I had to drink a full glass of milk at every meal Mm -hmm. and I wanted tea like everybody else was drinking and the only way I could have tea was to drink a glass of tea first (laughs) Mm -hmm. or excuse me real about the milk first Uh and then I could have a glass of tea (laughs) but uh, being a girl and being young I got lots of attention and special treats and and I ate it up yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they are still the ones who are still living are as close to me as siblings, uh-huh. and they include me in their reunions, and um, I feel like I'm just part of their family. In yeah. fact, I think there's just one boy, the youngest boy, is the only one still living, mm-hmm. and I think he's beginning to drift into dementia. Yeah. So, but so it was a dairy farm. Did you have to help out with the dairy farm? No, tasks? no. I, I didn't, by the time I was about 14, I didn't go. And mm-hmm. By the time I could have done something. Right. The girl never did have to work in, in the, with the cows. Mm-hmm. She helped her mother in the house. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she ever did any of the farm work because mm. she was a girl and because there were no, six boys there to do that kind of work. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it every summer. Did they, did they just make just... Uh, Get milk and send it off somewhere. Or did yes. they make butter, cheese? Or she anything? made my aunt made butter, mm-hmm. and uh, no, they did not make cheese. And they turned, yeah, they turned their own milk and made butter. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching her one time, and she sold butter and eggs to people in town. And mm-hmm. my uncle had a route, and he would, you know, people would order it, and sometimes he took extra stuff and sold it. But she was making butter. Molds. Mm-hmm. They did a whole pound in one mold, and it was round. Uh-huh. And uh, she was rounding it up on the bottom. And I asked her, I said, "Doesn't that make it more than a pound?" And she said, "Well, it might make it a Lutheran pound, but I do a Presbyterian pound." <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so one thing that my favorite thing that you make yeah. is buttermint. Yeah. And you've taught me how to make butter mints, but you learned that from your aunt Sarah. Uh huh. And where did she learn it? I don't know. I wish I had asked her, but she was the only one in her family who ever did it. She's the only person I'd ever known who did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not know where she learned to do it. And she had no thermometers like we use. Mm-hmm. She, um, 
judged when it was done, she dripped some into a cup of cold water. Mm-hmm. And if she could pick it up and make it crack, uh-huh. make it make a sound on the side of the cup, it was done. It was done? Uh-huh. That's a lot harder than it, just looking at. I think about, because oh, when we make the butter mints, we put we melt butter and water with sugar mm-hmm. and put a candy thermometer in there. And it has to get to exactly, exactly the, the right, right temperature. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pour it onto the cold marble to start it cooling off so that you can work with it with your hands. But it's I have made it before where it's gone just a little bit over that temperature mark. And uh-huh. it's all turned yellow and been too hot to handle. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, it hasn't worked. I can't imagine just looking at it and testing it in cold water and being able to keep track of everything. Well, of all the times I ever worked with her making them, mm-hmm. I never remember her having any that didn't didn't turn out all right. Wow. I saw a lady, um, Cordelia Kelly was her name on television when Greensboro first had a television station, mm-hmm. and she did a cooking show. And she made mints, and she cooked them to 262, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, if I cooked mine to 262, and it could be a difference in the thermometer, mm-hmm. They were too too hard, mm-hmm. and so I backed off and backed off, and I finally learned that for my thermometer and for my working, uh, two fifty eight was uh, the best thing the right to cook. Um, so, and I don't make them when it's. I make them only in cold, low humidity days. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman on television made them any time. I was friends with a lady who was a home ec teacher in high school in Virginia and they taught and you seem to make them any time and she she would plan her lessons and they did them on the day she planned her lesson regardless of the of the weather mm-hmm. and I don't know whether that's just something ain't so instilled into me or what but I just don't even try except on a cold clear day well I think yours turn out better than mine every time so well, I think you're on to something uh, her, her younger sister um, said that mine were be- the best she'd ever tasted. So mm-hmm. I figured that they were a little creamier, I think, than hers were. Mm-hmm. But when I cut mine, they're still a little bit, they're, they're not hard as rock. She would cut hers, and they would just hit the table or wherever you were cutting them, just like a rock. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't you couldn't begin to chew one. But I can pick one of mine up right then, and it, it, I can chew chewy. it. But hers were, were much harder than that. But they were good. They were delicious. And she didn't have a marble, right? She she put um, ice trays on the drain board to her sink mm-hmm. and got it as cold as she could. And that's what I did for years and years. Just on a porcelain sink? Just on a porcelain sink. Just put all those ice cube trays. You had ice cube trays then mm-hmm. on the sink. And then when it began to get close to the time, you take them off and you have to dry it real good mm-hmm. for the butter to oh, yeah. to do any good. It'll just slide off if you don't, mm-hmm. and uh, to get ready to pour them out. Mm-hmm. But I just thought I couldn't live without them. Yeah. Sink with a drain board, but when I got my marble, I found out I could. <laughs> <laughs> that was better. Yeah. Do you know, I, I don't know if you do, but I'm always amazed at how they turn from hard candies into soft, melty candies overnight. Do you know what happens? I have no idea. <laughs> I just know that they cream. Uh-huh. And they I, cream overnight. I have no idea. Do yours ever stick together? 
Mm-hmm. I, I, mine do too, and I have to hit the bottom of the container and break them apart. Yeah. I've had mine not cream before, and my mom told me to put a wet paper towel with a few drops of the peppermint oil oh, on mm-hmm. it and leave that in there for another night. And usually then they turn out pretty right. good, but they still might be a little crumbly. Yeah, yeah, dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, same same thing. But it's better than throwing the whole batch away. Oh yeah, they're still delicious. They're yeah, just not right. co- perfect. Yeah. <laughs> when I was working at the Treasure House, there were two girls. There was a builder's jewelry stores right across the street, and there were two young girls that worked over there that just were real cute. And so one time I had I made mints. And they creamed in my hands before I got them all cut. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever had that experience no. or not. So I just broke it up, and I took it to the store and see if anybody wanted it. And I took it, and hardly anybody touched it, but I took it over there to Biller's, and they just ate every crumb of it. <laughs> so they started waiting for my mints not to turn out, and I'd bring them to the store. All your bad batches. My bad batches, favorite. right. But almost every time I've tried to teach somebody, I'd make a mess. Mm-hmm. And you, I talk. I don't. I don't remember if I talked to you to make them or your mother taught them. But um, I tried. I've tried to teach several of my friends, and either I don't know if I get tied up talking to them or what. Mm-hmm. But Hank Ogden mm-hmm. was. The only, he he wanted to learn to make mints, and I went over one night and we made them, and he made them from then on and just as good as I ever made in my life. And he's the only man I ever <laughs> tried to teach, and and really. Did the best job, yeah. Because he didn't do anything that wasn't absolutely the best. <laughs> he, the perfectionist, a, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you taught me how to make them. I remember going over to your house behind Williams High School mm-hmm. and making them. And I, it was so hot, we buttered our hands to pull the mints, and it was so hot that I would do it. And I was amazed that you could just grab it and go <laughs> and not be. I guess I was pretty young, so. Yeah probably more scared of it well i stay close to my marble and when it gets hot i lay it down and and uh maybe run my hands under cold water and and dry them off and you can do that yeah if you don't just do it as quick as you can Mm -hmm. but sometimes it was just so hot you couldn't keep pulling them the times that i've made them by myself actually i made once in college with some friends for a school project about family recipes and then last Christmas with Ashley and Rose, my two friends, and that helped because we had three people. If one person's hands got yeah. too hot, mm-hmm. we could pass it on. And our mints turned out pretty good. They weren't perfect. Yeah, well, that's all right. But I, I a few more years of practice. Did do you ever dip yours in chocolate? I haven't. That so. is that, that's nobody wants mine anymore if they aren't dipped in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> After they cream, mm-hmm. good just. I just uh, use a little Pyrex cup and put bitter chocolate, not sweetened, not semi baking chocolate, mm-hmm. and um, paraffin, a little bit of paraffin, and mm-hmm. let it melt. I put it in a saucepan with water and um, take a fork and dip them in and dip them out and put them over on a wax paper or something. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants some chocolate now. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have anything, a choice between anything that's plain or Covered in chocolate. It's hard to say no to covered in chocolate. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You you can hide a lot of defects <laughs> under chocolate. <laughs> uh, now I know my mom taught me how to bake and how to cook and how to scoop flour into a cup and then Measure. level it off mm-hmm. and how to do everything like that. And she said she learned all of that from you. Yeah. And but who taught you how to cook? 
Well, I guess it was sort of trial and error by my mother telling me to do things because she had to be away. Mm-hmm. When I was about, well, before I was old enough to work, I in the summertime, I cooked lunch for my mother and my brother and my cousin who was living with us. They came home for lunch every day. And and she'd tell me what to do, and I guess just trial and error, I learned it that way. Mm-hmm. But home ec in school, really, is where I learned a lot and in, and learned to enjoy cooking because mm-hmm. we just did fun things and and things that my mother had never had been exposed to, so she didn't know to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, there used to be a lady who worked at a... Um, furniture store. No, she married a man at the furniture store. She worked for Duke Power. She was their home demonstrator. And she came and talked to our class one day. She, she later married a man from uh, a furniture store in Greensboro and moved away. But anyway, and she told us some um, short, not shortcuts, but things to try. And I remember one thing that she asked, she said, if a recipe called for 15 tablespoons of flour, how are you going to measure it? And I said, measure a cup and take a tablespoon out. That was just glorious. I had made, <laughs> I had invented the world. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you knew how many tablespoons went into a cup. cup yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know why she would have asked that question because I've never seen a recipe that calls 15 tablespoons of flour. No. But I guess she was just trying to teach us how to. Use our heads. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved home making school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was one of the few who liked the teacher and loved doing it. And um, we had, uh, during our, we had it in the eighth and ninth grades. And during the summer of the, between the eighth and ninth grades, we had to have a home project. And I made new curtains and bedspreads and everything for my room. Mm-hmm. And I remember the teacher came out to my house. I wasn't expecting her or anything. Just scared me to death. <laughs> uh, one morning to see my home project. I guess she did that with all the students. Mm-hmm. But I loved the sewing and I loved the cooking in home ec. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you, my mom loves your biscuits. I've heard her talk about how she, all she wants on her birthday, because her birthday's at the beginning of July, is a biscuit with a fresh slice of tomato on it. And butter. And butter. (laughs) The butter's the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, do you have a favorite thing that you like to cook? I really don't, Amy. Mm -hmm. I've I've lost interest in cooking because I don't have any, any... purpose for cooking anymore mm-hmm. but I really I don't I can't think of any well maybe maybe I do chocolate mint brownies mm-hmm. I love to make them and mm-hmm. everybody seems to like them I love your chocolate mint brownies I guess that would be the main the thing I love to cook most mm-hmm. I've got two little scrappy pieces left from last Christmas <laughs> so <laughs> you've saved all the way to the next I'm September gonna, I'm gonna have to make some chocolate mint brownies <laughs> before Christmas yeah you're running out of your your stock yep yep um yeah, I, I think the things that I think of that I learned to cook with you would be the mints and biscuits and then uh, applesauce oh, and yeah. mashed potatoes using your cone. That cone reminds me, I have a carton of applesauce for you in your refrigerator. Oh, uh, thank you. I love that. Okay, excuse me. No, <laughs> uh, uh, but I, does that always how you made 
with a cone colander mm-hmm. like that, squeezing the apples mm-hmm. through. Actually, I, I I just used that cone because it's what I had, mm-hmm. and I gave it to you. And now I have a a, a cup shape thing mm-hmm. that has a, a handle to turn them. Mm-hmm something around to mash it through Mm -hmm. but that's the way I still make it I just wash the apples and cut them and cut out the stem and cook the whole thing Mm -hmm. and um, I like to make applesauce too I didn't think about that (laughs) I think well that's my mom was talking about how uh, when y'all lived in Hall River where Mm -hmm. she grew up that you had an orchard yes and that you get apples from your orchard to make uh, to make your applesauce and then you freeze it and she'd have it all we had, I had a, we had a big big freezer, and I, ma- I made applesauce every day mm-hmm. because the apples came in you know, all at one time, and if you didn't use them, then they were not good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did have a lot of applesauce. <laughs> she also said that you had a crab apple tree, and you made crab apple je- jelly. I, I've never heard of anyone making anything with crab apples really? before. Really? Well, that was pretty common. Yeah. yeah, to make crab apple jelly, it's kind of tard. I like it; it's, it's pretty color. Mm-hmm. Some crab apples are not red, but our tree had red crab apples, mm-hmm. and um, I really can't even remember how I made it, Amy. Uh-huh. That was before my career <laughs> <laughs> as a salesperson <laughs> at, at the Treasure House. Yeah. Um, she also told me to ask you about the time. A cat broke its leg in the oh, orchard, yeah. and that did something to your apple crop that year. Well, no, everything. Uh, <laughs> the horse, they had ponies, and uh-huh. a pony stepped on the cat's leg and broke it. Oh, and the squirrels nearly carried us away that summer. We didn't realize the cat was keeping the squirrels away, uh-huh. and they, uh-huh. the whole orchard, the apples, the peaches, and everything. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the squirrels were just. I remember standing with. Ralph, one day, looking down at one of the peach trees, and here went a squirrel with a peach in its mouth. Mm-hmm. And down on the trunk of the tree, he had a baffle. And I said, what's that thing around the bottom of the tree? And he said, that's to keep the squirrels off. <laughs> he went to squirrel with a peach in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work real well. You never think that a, a cat breaking its leg would affect a whole orchard. <laughs> and it sure wouldn't. And, uh, but the squirrels evidently chased them enough that it scared them away. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember um, the first meal that you cooked for Ralph when y'all got married? No, I don't remember what the first one was. Mm-hmm. I remember the first meal that I cooked um, when, had, when we had company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he he dug out Mama's basement and, and built an apartment down there. Mm-hmm. And we stayed upstairs with her for about six months after we were married because he was working on the basement. And I kind of was dragging my feet about moving because I didn't want to have to start cooking. <laughs> I just I thought, I don't know what I can do, whether he'll like it or not. So I don't remember the first meal I cooked. But we had company. Ed and Betty Alexander had moved to Burlington and went to work at Burlington Mills, and I worked over there. And they also joined our church, so we got to be friends with them right after they moved here. And, um, but well, before Ralph and I were married, we were invited to um, an aluminum party. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got that cone uh, colander that, that you have. Mm-hmm. We got a, about a whole set of pots and pans. And Is that like a Tupperware party? Right. But it, everything's uh-huh. aluminum. But it was everywhere aluminum. Uh-huh. 
And um, so I cooked the meal that that man had cooked first that night. It was mm-hmm. pork chops and potatoes. Well, I don't remember what else it was. <laughs> but um, he didn't use any water. And um, he he just put the potatoes, washed them and scrubbed them good, and put them in the pan and turned it on slow, and um, and cooked them and they and they cooked without water. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pork chops, he put them in a the frying pan with no no grease or anything, and they stuck. You got the pan hot and they stuck at first, but if you let them finish browning, they turn loose. Oh. And so I tried to cook that same meal, mm-hmm. and the pork chops didn't get done. <laughs> and we had them, and I think back now it's a wonder it didn't make us sick. Uh-huh. And nobody mentioned the fact that they weren't done, mm-hmm. so I didn't say anything. <laughs> anyway, I don't. That, yeah. That's the first meal I remember. Yeah, after well, the first that time entertaining. I don't. I have not successfully done it. <laughs> anyway, they they were still friends with, with us. So I guess it didn't didn't chase them off. <laughs> yeah. Did um did Ralph have a favorite meal or thing he had to cook? Well, I asked Ralph one time. I was invited to a bridal shower, and we were supposed to take our favorite recipe. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ralph, what should I take? What what's the favorite thing? He said, I don't know. You've never done anything twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I took to the party. <laughs> you keep, you're experimenting, trying to, I, I, yeah, I was trying yeah. to, trying to get better. <laughs> I don't know that it worked. <laughs> um, but my mom said that y'all didn't do a big Sunday lunch. No. You would roast hot dogs on the fire, it, have sandwiches. Yeah, we usually had hot dogs at night. Mm-hmm. I really can't remember Sunday lunch. I think we, but it, my mother had always that was a big meal of the week. But mm-hmm. we ne- we didn't do that. No. But on Sunday night we did all, nearly always have hot dogs. And just roasted on the fireplace. Well, sometimes or cooked them in the in the frying pan. But I'm sure if there was a fire, we did. Mm-hmm. But we didn't always have a fire. We. Growing up, uh, if our power went out and we had a fire in the fireplace, then we would roast hot dogs on our fireplace. Well, then, you were never in our home at Hall River. No. It was a long kitchen and den and eating area all straight along. And in the den part, one whole wall was brick Mm -hmm. and a big fireplace. And uh, when it turned cool in the fall... We started a fire, and it didn't go out until spring. <laughs> Ralph would put the ashes on top of it at night and mm-hmm. then rake them off and start it over in the morning. It never, the, <laughs> the fireplace didn't get cold from the first cold weather till the last cold weather. Mm-hmm. So we could, you know, roast marshmallows or hot dogs anything, anytime we wanted to. Yeah. <clears throat> I love, I, well, right now I'm in an apartment, but if, if I ever buy a house, it has to have a fireplace. fireplace. It's my favorite part of the winter. I, w- I wish that we had a fireplace out here, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's no. just that's just one thing we don't have. But when the weather's nice, I know you like to garden. Yes, I used to. I've I've given that up too. <laughs> I used to love to garden, mm-hmm. and it was right here across the road. I could get a plot right over there. Mm-hmm. But they they had to move it. They thought they were going to do something with that plot of land, which never did really develop. But they moved the garden up to where you saw it mm-hmm. today, and you had if you were carrying any tools you had to ride up there and I just didn't enjoy that after it was not right here Mm -hmm. so I haven't gardened in a long time 
but I did enjoy it. Yeah. And I, like she said about squash, I loved the summer squash. And I had never been familiar with butternut squash, but I learned to I learned to love butternut squash, and I grew those a couple of years and had real good luck with them. Mm-hmm. And they will last till you need them up. I mean, they don't spoil easily. Is there a favorite food that you like to grow that you think is better when you just can pick it fresh? Squash. Squash. If you pick it at 8 o'clock in the morning and have it for lunch, it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> Well, this has been great. I have one more question, which is, do you have a favorite toaster blessing that you like to say before meals? Thank you, thank you, Amy. I don't, and I guess I should, but I just keep little clippings that I get from the church bulletin and other places that appeal to me under my glass on my table, and I read those occasionally. But I have a mantra that I tell myself several times a day, and that is from the Lord's Prayer, which is, Forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. And that's the very big item with me. I have a lot of trouble with judging people and not forgiving them for things that don't amount to a hill of beans. (laughs) But I'm working on it, and I think I'm getting better. Yeah, I think we could all work on that. (laughs) Forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. But thank you very much. Well, thank you. This thank you for wonderful. coming to see me. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. And bringing me. your friend. <laughs> Clarified Butter is produced by Ashley Melzer and me, Amy Allen. To learn more about our guest and about us, visit clarifiedbuttershow.com or keep the conversation going on Twitter and Instagram at ClarifiedB. And by all means, don't forget to hit subscribe. Until next time, eat what you like and say thank you. Thank you.